0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. All right, well, answered prayers number two. Today, I want to share with you a life story, really, a, a story about Samuel. And this is one of those rare stories in the Bible that we actually have a ton of information on. Right, there's so many places in the Bible where I'm like, come on, I want more. I want to know how this ends, right? But Samuel's story, it, it's really not like that. We have everything, almost everything. Uh, we know Samuel's mother, Hannah. We talked about her a little in our Bible trivia today. Uh, but we know how her prayers were answered. Right? Her story is one that... She was frustrated and and constantly made fun of by the people around her because she was parent. She didn't have children. And she begged God, pleaded with him. And she went to the temple and, and she begged this man of God who was not great, not a great man of God. He was corrupt. He was unfair to the people, but she found herself there and she's bawling and and she begged him. And the amazing thing is God answers her prayer and she gets a son and true to her word, she gives her son back to God. I mean, I can't even imagine, but you you can learn a lot about getting prayers answered from Hannah in the first couple chapters of first Samuel. She cried out to God in anguish. And God answered. You know, but I struggle sometimes when people want to take one of these answered prayers from the Bible, one story, pull it out of context and, and make a formula out of it. Right? Like, like if you just follow A, B, and C, you'll get X, Y, and Z from God. If you just cry out to God, if if you're bawling your eyes out, that's how you communicate to God what you really want, or if you just keep crying out to God, right? And the Bible does say that. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says, keep knocking and the door will be open. But I've also seen prayers answered after just one, right? It's not always that I have to keep knocking. We, we, want, we want things to be so simple sometimes. Right, Like steps one, two, and three, unlock the secrets of prayer. Five steps to to getting what you want from God, to getting God to hear you, whatever. There isn't much of a formula to answered prayers. Sure, there's extra things you can try, but God answers prayers in lots of different ways. And what surprises me about Hannah's story is that the man of God that seems to answer her prayer, isn't even godly, right? So there's no set rule that says a man of God must be righteous to pronounce your prayers answered. There's no set rule that says you must bawl your eyes out and be at the end of your rope to get your prayers answered. There's no set rule that says you must be in the temple and and your life must be perfect and it all must line up with the word of God. There's no set rule that says you even have to follow through on the promises you make to God for him to answer, I mean, all these lessons can be learned from Hannah's story. Although Hannah did follow through. And it wasn't only she that was blessed because of it. The whole nation was blessed because Hannah followed through. They all got Samuel out of it. Samuel was a man raised by God himself in the temple. A man who could take all the honor, all the praise of of being a prophet, and withstand it, remain a godly person, even through it. The whole nation watched Samuel grow up. They lived in his ministry and sat back, and they were happy. They were blessed because they were being led by a man God gave them. Once Samuel started getting on in years, however, and his sons weren't doing as good of a job as he was, the nation started to get restless. They began to want a king. And they lived in a time when prophets, judges, ruled the land, and God was their king. But they began to to see the future a little bit, a future without a good, godly prophet like Samuel. And they got restless. They got antsy. And here's the danger of answered prayers like we talked about last week. They romanticized the king. They they thought that just because they were sort of ruled by a a godly man now, that a godly man would always rule them. And and if they could just have a king God, that they thought they knew better than God about what they needed. And so they prayed for a king. God said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And it broke Samuel's heart to even relay that message to God. And God said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And still, they prayed for a king. Is it the point of prayer to get what you want all the time? Is the point of prayer to get your prayers answered? Should we only be focused on the quantity of prayers also the quality. I, I think most times when we talk about prayer, the takeaway is just that I need to pray more. I need to dedicate myself to this. I need to set aside more time. And that's true. Each and every one of us probably need to set aside more time for prayer. But what if there's more to it than that? What if it's not just about the quantity, but the quality as well? Today, I want to read to you some of this story. We're going to come to some conclusions about these questions together. 1 Samuel 8, verse 1. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. Joel and Abijah, his oldest sons, held court in Beersheba. And they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, After all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel, look, they told him, you are now old, and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and his charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops. And some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. He will take a tenth of your grain and your grape harvest and distribute it among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female servants, slaves, And demand the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks. And you will be his slaves. When that day comes, you will beg for relief from this king you are demanding. But then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king, they said. We want to be like the nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord replied, do as they say and give them a king. And Samuel agreed and sent the people home. What if the Israelites went to God with a problem without thinking they knew the solution? What if they had gone to God with a request and not a demand? In their arrogance, they couldn't see what they were actually doing, that they were rejecting God himself as their king. Even by going to God with their requests, they were rejecting God. God said, they're rejecting me, not you. I have to wonder how many times I've done that. I Gone to God with a request that negates everything else he's done for me in my life. All the other prayers answered. And now I'm praying the opposite. I'm asking him to deliver me from a solution he gave me. I mean, think about it. Egypt was once an answer to prayer for the Israelites. <laughs> right? they, were, they were saved from starvation and, and famine because of what God did in Egypt. But Egypt had a king too, only he was called Pharaoh. And pharaohs change. A new pharaoh came in that was threatened by the Israelites. And so suddenly, on his whim, because of his fear, they found themselves enslaved. And now needed delivered from the very thing that saved them. At the perfect king, the perfect system of government. It doesn't exist because perfect people don't exist. And yet here, the Israelites have a perfect king. God himself was their king. And they still weren't happy. I've heard a lot of people quote a Second Chronicles verse lately that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. What if when people quoted that verse from Second Chronicles, they actually humbled themselves? What if they took the whole verse, all the ands, and they did all of them? Because I don't know about you, but every time I see that verse quoted lately, it's more to shame Christians into spending more time in prayer for a particular candidate or outcome or something that they want. It's, they're kind of ignoring the seek God's face part, the humbling themselves part. And it's just pray more. I right? just pray more. We're always trying to twist God's arm. And now that I see it, I can see it in myself. I can see it everywhere. It's It's sickening we're always trying to manipulate God into doing what we want rather than coming before him and saying, God, what do you want here? I want this particular outcome because it's the best possible solution I can come up with. Because I came up with it. It must be the best. I know better for me than you do, God. So I am God in that scenario. I'm better at at knowing what's best for me than God is. That's is what Israel did. They prayed for a king because they liked how Samuel ran things and were scared of his sons taking over. They couldn't conceive of a better plan, so they found a plan that they liked, and they prayed for it. They got committed to it. They could have gone to God and said, God, Samuel's sons are awful. Give us something else. We need something else. Provide something else. Please don't let them lead. What do you suggest, God? Right? They could have gone to God with the problem. Instead, they went to God with their own solution. And who knows what God would have come up with had they done that. And they weren't married to a king yet. They didn't have to pay all those taxes and sacrifice their sons and daughters and their servants and their man hours in the fields for a king. King is kind of one of those bells you can't unring. That's what God was warning them about. You're about to walk through a door you can't unwalk through. There's no going back. Bad judges, bad prophets, they were a little easier to get out of. And yet God still said, I'll do it, but you won't like it. (laughs) Be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. that is not to say that you shouldn't be specific, right? In fact, the Bible says that a double-minded person shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. We can't be asking for two opposite things and expect one to happen, right? So yes, we should be specific in our prayers. We should ask for the things that we want, but also be humble at the same time, not thinking that we have the best solutions to all of our prayer requests. I hear so many people come to altars Ask for prayer. And they ask for very specific outcomes. right? They come to the altar and say, I want to be healed miraculously. I know God can do it. Absolutely. Let's pray for healing. Let's, let's do that. But then what I hear come out of their mouth is, God, heal me miraculously right now. But if you can't, then let the surgery that I already scheduled for tomorrow go well and give the doctor's wisdom. So do you want God to heal you miraculously right now, or do you want the surgery to go well tomorrow to fix it? Which, which are we asking for here? A double-minded person shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. But that's not to say we can't go to God and say, God, healing, wholeness, wellness, that's what we want out of this. We know that you can provide it in any way that you see fit. We're asking you for healing. Right? I think sometimes we we pray for miraculous healing only out of fear, as a last-ditch effort. When we first hear about our diagnosis, it's, okay, what's the plan? Let's get the test. Let's get the surgery. Our first go-to isn't God for miraculous healing, before the tests, before the preparations. It's only once we're looking at the scary thing in the eyes that we're like, okay, God, if you could just pull one out right now, like... like, (laughs) something at this last minute, if you can just come through. That's fear, not faith. God is capable of healing you in whatever way he sees fit. He wants to. Whether he uses medicine to do it, or he miraculously heals you, it'll be the best way. As long as you're trusting God with that. Pray for the what, trust God with the how. Jesus knew not To even take his own prayers, his own wants and needs as a human being too seriously. He was fully surrendered to his creator, his father. He prayed constantly. And in his last moments before being arrested, he said, God, let this cup be taken from me. But your will be done. Expressing what he wanted from God, but ultimately that he was totally 100% surrendered. I don't want to go through all this pain, but God, your will be done. Your will be done. Expressing what he wanted, but also remaining humble. Willing to surrender to whatever God had in mind. And God was in the right place on the throne of Jesus' heart. I think we trick ourselves a lot. We think we're fully surrendered because we pray every day, right? But all of our prayers are arrogant or self-righteous or demanding. And how many times do we look back and think, you know what? I got, I'm glad that bad thing happened, right? Because if it didn't, this good thing wouldn't have happened. So why can't we trust God in the moment that he knows best? That even though it's painful right now, he's going to bring about our good. Look, I'm not saying that we should stop asking God for what we want. That's not biblical. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, it's God wants to know the things that you want. He wants to know your heart's desires, but he wants to be in those conversations. Stubbornness the Bible says is actually like witchcraft because it's manipulative It's trying to twist somebody into doing what you want so I'm not asking you to stop asking God for things I'm just asking you to remain humble while you do so open your mind to the possibility that God can answer a prayer better than you could even conceive of Ephesians says he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more than we can even think of. I think my prayers are too small, actually. I think I'm, I'm often boxing God in to what I think is best when he has something so much better in mind for me. I'm looking around just like Israel. Israel looked around at all these other nations and said, what they have? We want what they have. Playing the comparative game even way back then. They didn't need social media to do it. <laughs> They're already comparing themselves to others. say, God, we want that. So instead of saying, God, what's your plan? What they ultimately wanted was a godly system of ruling, a fair one. A perfect system of government. They looked at all the nations around them and they thought they had that. Instead of trusting that God could possibly conceive of something so much better for them. Their view was limited. I, I, I don't know, but I think we're in the same boat right now as a nation. As a culture. We're, we're all too busy looking at worldly ways of fixing things. Thinking we know what's best for us. Maybe. Just maybe, God can conceive of something better than we can. Israel thought a king would fix their problems. America believes the right leader will fix its problems. Maybe our view is too limited. Maybe God wants to do something in us that we can't even conceive of yet. Maybe we need to humble ourselves. Seek his face. Turn from the selfishness, the arrogance, the pride, the anger, the controversy, and repent. And I don't mean get on social media and tell everyone else to repent. I mean you, me, actually getting alone with God, tuning out the world for a minute and asking God for his will to be done, submitting ourselves to his word. Look, our light, will shine in the darkness. We have nothing to fear from the darkness. The world gets darker, our light shines brighter. The darkness can never extinguish the light of Jesus Christ, and we have nothing to fear by the world getting darker. The light comes from within, not from without. It comes from God's mighty power at work within us. To answer my own question, I believe the point of prayer is not just to get what you want. But to go deeper than that. To learn how to fully trust him, God. And to serve him. And also to learn how to receive from him. He wants to give to you. He wants to give you all the things that you want, actually. But when we're too proud to see that he has something better, he's gonna give you what you want. It's not, might not be the best thing for you. The point of prayer is to learn how to more fully trust in him. Many of us are in a power struggle with God. God bless me. God do what I think is right. Spoiler alert, you're gonna lose that battle. <laughs> You can't win in a power struggle against God. Surrender. Give the power back to him where it belongs. Give him control. Humbly. With a humble heart, come before the throne room of grace and ask for what you want. God wants to answer. I think this is a year when we're going to have to go deeper than ever in our faith with him. We're going to have to hold on with everything in us. And I think we're not just going to have to increase the quantity of our prayers, but the quality as well. God, help us do that today. God, help us understand who you are better than ever before. Help us see you as the almighty creator God that you are. Help us see you as the God that can Open doors that are closed right now. The God that can make a way where there is no way. You're capable of doing infinitely more than we might ask or think. Help us see you that way. You've got everything in the palm of your hand. The creator, the provider, the deliverer, the comforter, the healer, our help. In times of trouble. Our strong tower. God help us see you. This way. Help us enter into a deeper worship. Than ever before. A deeper prayer time. With more understanding of what we are praying. We would trust you. With the how. Asking you for the what. Trusting you. With the how. Today. Many of us just need to repent. Repent of stubbornness and pride. Repent of trying to twist God's arm. Maybe we hadn't realized that we were doing it before. We just need to ask God for forgiveness. Say, God, I humble myself before you. I repent. I want your will to be done. Use me. So many of us have had times where we just wanted to give up this year. Throw in the towel. We have doubts. We have fears. We have anxieties. Is it all even worth it? Surrender it to God today. Give him your fear, your anxiety, your worry, your doubt. He wants to carry it for you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to make your name famous. All of those things are true, but maybe it's going to happen in a different way than you ever expected. Can you give that to him as well? Maybe today you're saying, you know, I've never relinquished any control to Jesus. Today I want to. I want to give that control over to him fully, completely. Maybe for the first time in my life or the first time in a long time. I want to give that to God. There's a number on the screen. If you made that decision today in your heart, text the number on the screen. Or go to in. We'd love to give you all the tools, the resources. Have a conversation about that decision today. I'd love to just be praying for you, if that's you today. Freedom Alley, I believe this is a year we have to dig in, even after a long year of digging in. It's not just about praying more or doing more, but understanding why we're doing what we're doing. Hearts fully surrendered to God, not thinking we know better than he does understanding fully who he is. He has a plan. God, I'm willing to be a part of that plan. No matter what. I hope that you'll pray that prayer with me today. I hope that you'll step into being that vibrant, passionate, selfless church God has called you to be. And this week, that you'll log on to the Bible plan, that you'll study prayer with me. There's so much more to it than we could go over in just four weeks of a sermon series. Dive into it every day. Ask God to reveal his thoughts to you. His ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts so much higher than our thoughts. But he wants to share some of them with you. All you have to do is ask. Father, as we Dismissed today to go about our week. I just ask that you would be with us. You would make your presence known in our lives. That you'd show us that you do want to answer our prayers. That we'd dive in like never before. Truly trying to understand your heart. Trying to seek your face. Trying to humble ourselves before you. That we wouldn't be like the nation of Israel. Just asking for what we want out of stubbornness and pride. That we truly humble ourselves before you. Try to understand what you want for our lives. Help us pray not only more prayers, but better prayers. Hearts fully surrendered. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Freedom Valley. Remember to pray for those of us that are sick this week and to log on to that fe.church slash Bible plan to join us in that connect with us and with God in that way and remember if you made a decision to follow Jesus today text I am in or go to fe.church slash I am in we love you all we'll see you next week thank you so much for joining us today if you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash imn. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.